of Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. This week's guest is actor, singer, and dancer Kabir Berry, who most recently appeared in the national tour of Mean Girls the Musical. Kabir talks with us about his early love of Bollywood movies that led to performing, his approach to acting from his training at the renowned Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute, and his audition experience and eventual booking for the national tour of Mean Girls the Musical. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Kabir Berry. Tell me about how you got started with acting. When did you sort of get bitten by the acting bug or the Broadway bug? And uh, I love yeah, that how phrase. you got started. <laughs> <laughs> so I got bit by the bug uh, when I was actually really young. Um, so I used to watch Bollywood movies with my dad, especially. And it's, it's like a Broadway show on film, you know. Um, so I remember really wanting to be a part of it and really wanting to be, you know, one of the, one of the guys in it. So I saw an, an audition posting um, when I was in the fourth grade at my school, <laughs> just elementary school. So you're just, just, you know, just a really small, like little kid. Um, and it was called Coconut Island. It's it was spelled with two Ks, Coconut mm-hmm. Island. And it wasn't even like an audition or anything. You just, you know, had to go in there, um, read lines and like sing a few songs or like sing a little, like two or three lines of this one same, like, I think it was, I honestly think it was Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I think that was the audition <laughs> song. Which, and, and being an immigrant kid, I didn't even know how that went, honestly. Oh. Like I, was, I think I was two, two or three years into being, uh, like to living in America. Yeah. So I was like, mom, can, I, can you look up how to sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? And she was like, I can teach you. It's not hard, you know? So, <laughs> so, so I learned it. And uh, I remember being so nervous. I was so nervous to, to audition for this, this thing. But luckily they called me back to, to just kind of, it was like a raise your hand if you want to be this part type of thing. And they asked, um, who, who wants to be Swampy the Pirate? And Swampy the Pirate was like one of the, he was like the main pirate guy or the main, uh, the quirky, weird pirate dude. And I was like, that sounds like a fun part. I raised my hand. Only, I looked around, I was like, I'm the only guy that raised my hand. So that's great. I got it. <laughs> um, got the part. And it was like probably three, four months that we rehearsed it. Because, you know, kids, you need that time. Yeah. And we rehearsed it for basically the entire semester. Put it up at the middle school across the street. And I had never felt so happy doing something, you know, I used to play baseball at the time and I really thought I wanted to be a baseball player Mm. Um, because growing up, you know, sports was always my thing too. But uh, (laughs) that there was just this, this like inexplicable thing that happened to me when I got like a reaction from the audience or, you know, I just made an entrance and people were like, yeah, or like my dad, you know, seeing my dad, my mom be so happy to see me um, on stage and stuff. So I think that's where it really started for me like with the movies and then doing the show itself. And, and I just kind of kept, kept with it. You know, I, I didn't really think that I would become anything with, within that, within this industry or anything. I, because I was a kid, you know, I just wanted to do it wherever I could. Yeah. And slowly and steadily, you know, you build a credit here, do this, do that, get to high school, do high school shows. And then you start to realize this is really what I want to do. Um, and, and then I, you know, I a, applied for, for school after high school, got into to, to the, my dream school, went there for a few years. And luckily they had a conservatory performance thing that we, that we, we had an option to do. And we did it, got an agent through that. It was just like, things just kept happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't like it, nothing I had planned to happen. Right. It was just, you know, it's, it's never like yeah. that. Is it like for, for, for our, our particular industry, it's, there's no plan in place. Right. When you're, yeah. you know, like my, my sister's becoming a lawyer. She just took her bar exam. And with her, it's like, all right, do, do well in high school, do well in college, do well in, you know, whatever else you're doing and then pass the bar exam. Like there's, there's certain, 
ways to get where you want to go yeah. with acting or singing or dancing these artists artistry fields it's um it's very abstract how you get yeah. where you are you know yeah you know? where did you go to school uh i went to post high school it was uh the lee strasberg school of, of theater and, and film yeah gotcha and the one in in uh new york right in new york yeah it's it's gotcha. in union square around union square area right. and um so where you grew up you were you were raised in nashville mm-hmm. correct yep. so what was the trend because i know it, it I, you know, I, I grew up in Connecticut, so I'm like an hour and a half from the city. It was kind of a regular thing to come for the holidays to take a trip. And you like, you, you hear of like New York City, you know, but mm-hmm. like, I also grew up in sort of like a, a smaller city in Connecticut. So I was kind of used to that sort of hustle and bustle. But like, was it a different sort of vibe or energy or like, were you overwhelmed by like the 8 million people that live here? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's funny you say that I, I, cause I'm from uh, Mumbai india mm-hmm. and so i grew up there well not i kind of grew up there I, I moved here back moved to america when i was six years old um so i and i remember vividly how it was living in india for some reason for some reason i had a really i have a really good memory when it comes yeah. to like Me my too. childhood and my early years yeah so so um i remember that big city moving to nashville and being like this is like a town it felt <laughs> like you know so it, and it, because nashville now is huge like Nashville now yeah. is, is bopping. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But when I first moved here, it was so small. Um, so it, it, it was a weird transition. But I used to visit my family in, in New Jersey, my uncle and aunt and my grandparents. So every so often, I would get a taste of the city. Like I, first time I saw Times Square, I must have been like 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, first time I went to the city was probably the same, same, same exact age. So I had an idea. But when you visit as compared to when you live there and, you know, when you want to achieve something there, yeah. you know, it's so different. Like a vacation to New York isn't the same as, as living there for a month, for months, a year yeah. or whatever. And like wanting to be a part of that hustle bustle, wanting to make a name for yourself or wanting to achieve something there for your career. That's a different beast. New York yeah. is a different beast for people that are living there and wanting to do something there as opposed yeah. to just a vacation and going to see a Broadway show and going to see, you know, um, like going to take these photos everywhere, like, you know, the Statue of Liberty, Central right. Park, all these things. Like that's just, that's yeah. fun, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, sort of a, a different experience when you're there sort of as a tourist and you go, you know, like you said, Statue of Liberty, Times Square, you go see the landmarks. Yeah. But then uh, once you, because I've only been living in Brooklyn for a year now, since okay. last June. So it's just been just over, I mean, I was, you know, because of the pandemic, I wasn't in the city for like four or five months. Um, but you know it is even then like i was you know going back and forth from connecticut to new york for a couple years you know i was like i was trying to get into sag so i was like you know doing working as an extra and then i did some stand-in and all that stuff book some stuff thankfully but you know um that was for like two and a half almost three years that i was doing that and then moving here i was like dang i thought i knew the city because i was like working here and all that i'm like nope it is a whole other beast Dude, it's it's so it's, weird it really is and i, I was lucky to actually have a place I, I stayed in jersey for i actually lived in jersey for the majority of my time in new york so mm-hmm. i had that that like way to get away from the city too you yeah. know i was majority of my time was in the city but like at night when i'm done with everything can go home yeah. you know relax to the quiet. To, to quiet you know yeah. I, had, I had i had my car i drove my car up from nashville to jersey so i was i had that that feeling of i'm still like away from it i can still mm-hmm. get away from it all and, and and just you know listen to music in my car and drive around and you know sing 
and do whatever. Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things to do when I'm stressed or when I have a lot on my plate or anything, I just like to get in my car, you know, plug my ox in to my, to my phone. And I just like to like bop to some, some Leslie Odom Jr. or some, <laughs> some, some different song, you know, JT. Belt all the stress away. Yeah. <laughs> that is, it's so therapeutic, man. It is yeah. so therapeutic. Oh, for sure. I, uh, I miss, you know, having space in, in my, my, my family's house in Connecticut. They had a piano in, in one of their rooms. So I would literally just like take my frustration out on the keys, <laughs> just like yeah. play Phantom of the Opera, you know, dun, 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 oh, whatever, dun, 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 something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when you were growing up, were there any movies or like TV shows that you saw that you're like, that's what I want to do? Or like, were there any like specific performances that you saw that like inspired you to, to want to, to be an actor? So I, I like there was a bunch of Bollywood movies. I, I Bollywood, I think, was my my biggest inspiration. I think I always dreamed and aspired to, to be a part of that industry. And I still do. I, I still think that that would be something I would love to do. So a lot of Bollywood movies and I remember watching, um, I watched Goodfellas with my dad when I was, I think, 13, 13 or 14 Goodfellas with, you know, Robert De Niro. And, yeah, and I was um, scared you were going to say something younger. I was like, wow, you watched that movie that, okay. There's no, like no, eight no, or no, nine. No. I was like, whoa. No, I don't, no, I don't think, I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> I, think thir- I think 13 and 14, I think that's like kind of still like young, but it's not too young to where, you know, I, I right. would be scarred for life. <laughs> but I remember watching Goodfellas and I was like, man, this is like just the way that it's narrated, the way that it's, it's shot, all, yeah. you know, the performances, you know, the, the, the wardrobe, you know, the hair, all that. It was so cool. Um, and it was just something that, I, that it just kind of put this thing in me. Like, man, I want to, I want to actually get the nuances too. Like, and I, even at 13, 14, I was like thinking about the word nuance. I was like, <laughs> let me look at what that even works. <laughs> but let me look at what that means first before I, I say, I want to do that. But it's, it's movies like that. Movies like Dog Day Afternoon, movies like, um, I love rom-coms. I really uh-huh. love rom-coms. I've, I've been a big fan of rom-coms. So I used to, because my sister actually, we would have movie nights together whenever we, you know, were bored and before the iPhone was out, before all, mm-hmm. like all these things were out. Uh, we would have movie nights. We would watch She's the Man. We would watch um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, <laughs> think movies like that where like you wouldn't expect a 13 kid or 12-year-old kid to like these movies, but right. I loved it. Like I thought yeah. it was so cute. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I've, I've, always, I've always watched different types of movies and I, I think I want to be a part of uh a part of every every genre mm. every genre i think i think every genre but horror i don't i don't connect with horror too much i think it's because I, I get too scared of it <laughs> but <laughs> but everything except for that but hey if, if i get a job in a horror movie i'm not gonna say no you know right we're not gonna turn it down yeah, yeah we're not gonna turn it's it down. so funny because i grew up similarly i grew up um you know from a very big hispanic family i've got like 20 cousins on my mom's side so like, wow. but I grew up like with my sister and because my mom's one of 10. So, you know, big, Whoa. big, big family. Yeah. Uh, but like my sister and my cousin, I grew up with them mostly. And, you know, like Miss Congeniality, the Sandra Bullock movie, oh, like absolutely. She's a Man was a big one. And those were like hilarious movies. It's not even like cheesy yeah. rom-com. Like, no, this is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I similarly, I grew up watching those kind of movies. So I loved every genre. And then we were all also a bunch of scaredy cats, but we loved watching scary movies for whatever reason we subjected ourselves to that. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge horror fan. Like with Halloween having just <laughs> ended, I was watching like these documentaries about like how they made, you know, scream and all that stuff. And it's so cool. I mean, I love interviewing people. That's literally why yeah. I started the podcast during the pandemic. Um, mm. Cause I was like, we've all got time. So let's uh, start a show. <laughs> let's just talk about stuff. Yeah. Nothing but time. Uh, but it's so cool, like, you know, hearing about actors experiences, like sort of behind the scenes and, and mm-hmm. with 
horror to me it's like the most challenging because of all the technical stuff that goes into it like in the movie totally. scream I'm, a, I'm i'm sure you've seen it but um, oh, yeah. that last scene where they're like at the last scene where they're at the house that mm-hmm. was uh, i think a 14 day shoot just wow. that last act of the movie all night shoots because it was like from sundown yeah. to yeah. sun up they're all overnight shoots so it's right. like dude so one you're physically you're like exhausted you're working That's all awesome. night and then just sleeping all day and then going back putting on the same bloodied clothes so that it for continuity so just feel like gross i'm like oh god it's just like it sounds so weird to that's what they have to put themselves through right and you're and you're trying to act scared of somebody that you probably had pizza with like three hours ago you know it's right it's you know (laughs) like like you know you know the mask is there but it's 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 there's a lot of make-believe in in horror i mean in in any in all of all of our all of our genres but i think horror is even harder because you have to it's like this over the top like you know, it's fear, yeah. I think, is one of the hardest things to truly play if you're not actually scared. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially because there's a whole set around you. You, you, you feel safe. You, know, you feel like there's mm-hmm. lots of people. Like for me, if, 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 if it's a dark room, if I have one person with me, I'm fine. If I'm alone, then that's the problem, you know? So for yeah. me, if, if I'm shooting a horror film, I would be like, can we just have a camera set up on a tripod and it's just me alone in a dark room? Then I'll be able right. to give you everything. <laughs> It'll be so easy. My job will be so easy. Okay, so let's uh, just go back a little bit. So, you know, you get to New York you finished at Lee Strasberg and mm-hmm. what, what was it like sort of like being done with it? Maybe not done, but finished with your um, for that time, I guess with your education and you're starting to do, you know, that audition grind. Did you go to all those like crazy open calls early yeah, in the morning? Actually, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's funny. Like I, being at Lee Strasberg, it didn't feel like I was at school. So I, once high school finished, it kind of felt like the end of my, of my schooling. Because yeah. with, with Strasbourg, I, I was just in an environment where I'm with people that have similar interests as me. And it's not just like because we're doing theater together in high school. It's like this is what we want to do going forward. Um, so it, it kind of had this – there was this camaraderie that was built with people around me. And, you know, some of my best friends right now are people that I went to school with. Mm. You know, my, my absolute best friend right now is someone that I um, – W- w- like started Strasbourg with you know yeah. um and uh and it's it, it really yeah I didn't feel like it was the end I mean it, it felt like it was just like I'm just going into my career now it, it was mm. you know acting school do scenes do do showcases do shows if, if you get cast there and then uh, luckily like I said with, with the conservatory performance at, at towards the end of my once I was about to graduate um my my current agent she came to see the show she, you know, talked to me afterwards, invited me. Actually, on my birthday, I got the call from them that, hey, we want to meet you today, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I was planning on going, driving back to Nashville for the summer to just chill and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, decompress and then go back to New York in the fall. And, uh, and I had to, you know, push that back, went in to meet them. It was, it was such a, it was probably the best gift I've had on my birthday mm-hmm. up to that date. You know, it was yeah. Like I, I just got an agent. You know, you dream, you, like I just, how did that happen? Yeah. It's like I said, nothing, there's, there's never a plan, right? So, um, yeah, dude, after high school, it was just, it just felt like I, I was so relieved. I felt like I was just floating on air and just yeah. doing what I've always wanted to do. So that was a really good feeling. It was a really yeah. good feeling. And it's, that's kind of the beauty of going to the intensive programs or conservatories or things like that is <laughs> that it's like I'm choosing all of these classes I want to do. Like right. but when you go the traditional like college or university route, it's like, you still got to take a freaking math class. You still mm-hmm. got to take science, history, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and there's nothing okay, wrong with I, that. I don't think there's anything wrong right. with that. 
yeah, yeah. I, oh, I just, no, no, it just wasn't for me yeah it just wasn't for me it just yeah. wasn't what i wanted it to to go and, and do you know yeah for sure because I, I went to a community college in connecticut and got my theater arts um degree there but it was still like okay I had to take accounting i had you know i took yeah. like you know music theory just to get an elective out of the way right um but yeah it's always um always an interesting experience hearing the the differences between people's experiences whether it's at a conservatory or like a traditional school because a lot of people say like i barely graduated because i did great in all my theater classes and everything else is like failing or like doing horribly uh right. and one of my one of my last guests um Troy Iwata he was in or he's in a, a Netflix show that's coming up uh mm -hmm. in a couple weeks um or by the time this episode comes out it'll be out it'll be out already um called Dash and Lily it's like a, a New York Christmas show mm -hmm. um for Netflix and he was saying that like he went to school for a year and just like didn't go he would rather like go do theater stuff and then yeah. <laughs> at the end of the year his professor's like hey like what's what's going on what's going on you didn't do anything yet. right because he was from a small town and then moved to or went to this huge like state college so for him yeah. it was this huge jarring experience going from i think he said it was a town of four thousand to a college of twenty thousand so just wow. the school is like a huge difference. And, and five times the size of his Yeah, his, literally. His and then I was like, so what was it like moving to New York? Like 8 million people. And yeah, he yeah. said each time was just like a huge like whirlwind of, of an experience. Yeah. Um, and he's also like a theater and, and theater guy, but he does like some of the, some more um, screen stuff now. Mm -hmm. um, but just going back a bit with your experience at Strasbourg, was there anything that you learned there or have, have since learned that was kind of like a misconception that you didn't really realize um, at the time? Yeah, I, I think I, um, I made auditions and uh, I made like going into rooms and stuff like that a much bigger deal than it actually feels like when you're there. You know, like I, whenever I would think about, oh my God, this audition is going to be so intense and it's going to be, you know, people are like, you know, analyzing me and I'm going to feel so much pressure and all this stuff. And when I actually got to do auditions and I actually got in the room, it, it didn't feel as, you know, it felt a bit more casual than I made it out to be in my head. Mm -hmm. It's like they they want you to succeed. If it, I, I always got the feeling of, or I always had this, this mindset of they're kind of, they're like laughing at you or, or something like, or like, they're like, oh, he's probably bad no they don't want that they, they right. they're hoping it'll make their job a lot easier if you're amazing right you know so it's yeah. that's something that I, I didn't it doesn't click in your head until you actually see it happen in front of you and and you're like oh that's they weren't like that bad it mm -hmm. was just they're just a little tired because they've seen 700 fucking uh, freaking people sorry it's 700 okay. freaking people it's all right it's where you want. <laughs> <laughs> they've seen 700 people and they're just tired and that's, that's that's all it is and another misconception i had about acne school itself was that you're not going to be around people that have done this their entire lives. Some people are, are literally coming to acting school and this is, the, this might be the first time they've been on stage, mm. which is, you know, which to me was kind of shocking, but I got used to it. Um, I'm doing this my whole life. There's some people that have done it for the last two, three years. Some people mm. that have literally, literally never done it. So it was, it was cool to see the difference in, uh, in understanding and, and some people, because they were new to it, they were, they had such a fresher take on, on certain things, yeah. which was cool to me, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I'll never forget one thing that happened that changed my view of, of acting 
in New York or acting for like a professional show that's not necessarily musical. I remember I, I was doing a scene. I wish I remember what the play was called, but it was, it was a date scene. And it's a, it's a guy that's, he's a closeted gay person mm. and, and, it's, and it's a woman uh, and they meet, like it's like a, it's a blind date. And um, yeah, I, I remember I did something where I like, look, I was talking about our future together and I, and I like looked at the audience and I made like this, this gesture to the audience, like making like a, like a billboard gesture. Uh-huh. Um, and I got a note for that. I was like, why are you doing that? Why are you, you know, that's not real. This is a play. You don't have to do that. Where did you learn that? <laughs> oh, in high school. Okay, sh- 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 stop it. Don't ever do it again. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, gotcha. Autumn is officially upon us, and whether you live in New York City or Los Angeles, everyone deserves to experience those classic scents of autumn, and that's why I'm thrilled to be partnering once again with Redondo Road Candlemakers to announce their new line of autumn-inspired scents, which include apples and maple bourbon, baked apple pie, and the classic toasted pumpkin spice. Redondo Road candles are hand-poured right here in the U.S. and made from 100% natural soy wax and all renewable resources. Burning on my desk right now is their Amber Noir candle, which is a warm fusion of mandarin, jasmine, and amber with hints of sandalwood and musk that just whisks you away on a warm cabin getaway. Another favorite of mine is their cake candle, which smells like the sweetest, yummiest vanilla frosted cake you have ever smelled. Redondo Road candles start at just $15 for their 5.5 ounce jars and are shipped within the continental U.S. For more information, visit RedondoRoad.com. That's RedondoRoad.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love that that writing changes with the times, you know, and uh, the the dialogue patterns and and the, just the verbiage of it all like changes with the times. Because I, I I honestly hate doing plays or like scene work or if I'm rehearsing something just to just to practice it. I hate doing things from the the 60s or 70s. It it, it doesn't feel like that's how we talk anymore. Mm. It doesn't feel like that's how people converse with each other. So it just feels a little like forced to me. It's just me though. You know, yeah. I know a lot of people that love doing things like that, right. but it's just not me. It doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. And you know, we're always told to bring part of ourselves to each role, like, yeah. you know, using your own experiences to the role, unless it's something you've never experienced. Um, going back to like, you know, uh, conveying fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, if you've never been, if you've never had a gun to your face, and you know that yeah. that one that they're holding on set has blanks and has a plug and it was just handed by the safety officer, you yeah. know, like all In these different things. Eyes, right. Yeah. Exactly. He showed you the chamber with the flashlight. and was like, this is empty. Right. You see that? Okay, yeah. cool. You know, it's just like all these different things. So um, with acting, when it's like, when you're thinking, um, what of myself can I bring into the role? But then mm-hmm. 
it's something that you've never experienced. That's when you have to be like, oh, now I have to act, act. Yeah. It can't be right. just me. So it's such a weird balance of things like that. Because yeah. it's, a, it's definitely a trick. It's definitely yeah. a balancing act. It is. I, I, there's, there's been moments where I've felt like this is something I would say or this is something I would do and I can bring this to the character. And there's definitely been moments where I'm like, I've never experienced this moment before. Mm. Um, so, so I guess, and this is something I learned in school, um, which I, I didn't learn before, before going to school, was you can cheat and you can use something that, you, that would have a similar reaction and you can picture that and, and, and feel that in your body and try to, and that's, that's what I learned in, in school is, is, is a method, method acting. And um, you just, it's like this relaxation technique and, and you try to channel these, these emotions that you felt in different situations to then convey that when it's just, you know, because in film, it's just right here. That's yeah. you. That's all you right there in, in this little, little square box. Um, and if you, they don't need to know what you're thinking. They just need to see what you're thinking or see what right. you're feeling. And that's, that's, it, it kind of makes it a bit easier, although it's still one of the hardest things to do. So, oh yeah. To me, acting still, I, I you know, I'm 27. I've been doing this forever. Not forever. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it uh, but it is, it's still like, such a hard thing to do especially like you know now that i'm getting slightly older uh getting yeah. auditions for like um medical professionals or legal you know like you know young or whatever you're saying all this jargon you're like i have no idea what i'm saying and just go yeah, to my boyfriend yeah. who's in me- the medical i'm like hey this is how you say this right yeah you know all these different right. medications and types of medicine and doctors and all that and i'm like oh, okay time this is where <laughs> we're really bringing in the outside because there's nothing in me that's i can give to the role Dude, totally, totally. And, and that's, I really love um, meeting different types of people and, and building relationships with different types of people because then you get a better understanding of the world around you. And in mm-hmm. case you have to play a doctor, you have to play an engineer, a lawyer, whatever you have to play, you know, you can always give them a call. And be like, yeah. hey, what's, uh, what, what is this or what is that? You know, it's, it, I like picking people's brains on what yeah. they do. I, I, I love my actor friends and I love being around people that are actors, but I also love having friends that do different or have different professions so I can yeah. pick their brains and, and see how they feel. Like, how do they see the world around them? How do they um, act in the world around them? Why do they act the way that they do in the, in their profession or in their workspace in their home space? You know, mm. how do they take care of themselves? It's just, if, if I can build that reality, then it makes it a lot easier to, to uh, convey the dialogue in the, in the correct way. Yeah. Uh, so I want to jump up to uh, right, not right before COVID, but I guess, uh, Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, like many people uh, in our sort of age group, you watched the movie yeah. growing up at some point. Did you ever yeah. think, "Oh, they're gonna make a musical out of this"? Oh, and I'm gonna be in it. <laughs> no, I uh, when I when I when I got the you saw Kenny G, you're like, "Oh, yeah, dude, perfect, <laughs> dude." First time I saw the breakdown for the audition, I was the first time I heard about Mean Girls. I was. Because I was so really? like, caught up, dude. I'm like about like the musical about being on. Oh, okay, I yeah, was, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I was, I just was so caught up in what was going on with, with my life at the time. You know, I was going through a lot of, of different uh, challenges and struggles, but mm-hmm. um, I, I just because I so I wasn't keeping up with what's in the Broadway scene right now. Um, I just knew the Phantom was still there and Wicked was still there and Lion King was still there. That's that's <laughs> Chicago, basically. yeah, in Chicago. Like all the staples, I know they're always going to be there. I don't have to really look into that, but yeah. Yeah, so it's actually funny. I was in Nashville at the time, and my agent called me. She said, hey, have you heard of Mean Girls? I said, yeah. Uh, yeah, I lied. Yeah, I've heard of Mean Girls. 
And she's like, okay, cool. So why don't you go, go, go see it when you come back and, uh, and let me know when you see it. I said, cool. So I get back like two days, by, two days after I get back to, to New York, um, I get the breakdown for it. I had no time to see it, you know, and I kind of forgot to, to even look into it, uh, which is bad on my part. I hope Renee doesn't hear about this. But, she, <laughs> but I, I see the breakdown and it's for Kevin G. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um, I go into the audition and, uh, and yeah, dude, it just, I, I saw the, the breakdown. It, it was just really cool. It was really cool to see representation on a Broadway show. Mm. It was really cool for me to see like an, like an Indian character um, on a Broadway show. That's not necessarily an, like the, the role is that of a mathlete who loves hip hop, but it's nerdier in the movie than how my interpretation of it was in the musical, yeah. you know? So, which I hope if at some point, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the tour, but I hope some, at some point you can. I haven't. No, uh, I haven't. I, haven't. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. to see the Broadway production yet either. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, which I have it's no a, excuses. It's been on for like two or three years on Broadway now. It would have, I think it would have been three if, if quarantine hadn't have started. Yeah. I think it would have, they would have just crossed three. Cause I think, I think it, it debuted in 2017, maybe, maybe 2018. I'm not sure exactly about Broadway, mm. but, but yeah, I love, I mean, you know, I love doing Kevin G. I think it's such a fun role and they've given me so many liberties with it, uh, which I'm very blessed and honored to have uh, and, and to have like a, a whole hip hop rap number yeah. at, at towards, towards the beginning of Act Two. It's, it's so cool, dude. And, you know, learning all the, I, I'm not a trained dancer. When, when I went into the rehearsal, rehearsal process for it, it was such a, such a, a difficult and challenging time because there was certain things that I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. There are certain you know techniques, certain things I didn't know. Like I didn't even know what a saute was. Like I was that green to to like real yeah. dancing, you know yeah. right? So, so I'm a mover. I'm not a. I yeah, stand I was, well. Right, right. I, <laughs> I walk well. Same thing. Same thing. I'm a good mover. I, I know where to find a window. I can do all that. Stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so learning from from the people around me was it was just a wild ride. That those three weeks. And I, I still can't believe I learned the show in three weeks. Like it's, it's, three weeks. I, dude, I saw the Broadway show. I was like, ah, it looks, it looks chill. And then I finally got up there and was learning. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah. Like the traffic patterns, everything, you know, just cardio, 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 man. cardio. <laughs> Whew. I felt like I could run it like seven, five K's at the end of that thing. It was crazy. What was your <laughs> audition experience like for, for the show? So it was actually pretty, pretty uh, straightforward and, and felt uh, hearing from my castmates, you know, it was a lot less time consuming than theirs was, which is I'm, I'm grateful for because I, I overthink a lot when it comes to auditions, you know, so which I'm actually about to get to my overthinking. First audition, <laughs> I, I, I go in and uh, and it was a song and a scene that I had to do from from their their own like sides, not mm. something I had to bring in. So I did Whose House Is This, which is my rap number and uh, a scene. And I did it, took about two minutes. Um, and at the end of the audition, after I did the rapping, she's the Bethany, who's, who's uh, the, the head of casting, I think, at Telsey. Um, she goes, next time you come in, next time we call you in, just to have a little bit more fun with it, use the space more, you know? Well, that's, 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 uh, that's it. Thank you so much. I said, cool. I was defeated. I, I was, I thought that yeah. she, when she said next time you, we call you in, I thought she meant like when there's next rounds or in a few months, if we want to look for replacements again or something like that, or like in a year or whatever. So I was like, damn, I really screwed that up. I guess mm. called my agency. I told them what she said, told them exactly what I just told you. And 
they said, come here, that's a, that's a, that's a callback. Just relax. <laughs> next said, really? time, like in a couple days. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like next time, like, I was like, Oh, cool. Oh, great. Uh, so don't panic. Don't panic. Home, don't panic. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like beaming. I'm like, yes, I'm like running home. Like, can't wait to like, just, you know, chill. Yeah. Uh, wait till they give me a call tomorrow, maybe. So, uh, yeah. And you know, before you know it, I get a call in like a day or two and they say they want to see me again and uh, more people will be in the room aside from just casting and uh, same thing. Just, just prepare the same exact sides. I said, cool, I'll be there. You know, so that was the first audition was on a Monday. Second audition was the next Monday. Um, did it that time. I, I was like, I think I really did well. You know, yeah. I, I felt really confident um, and went home. Same thing. Next day they gave me a call. They said, Hey, they want to see you again for your final audition along with the dance call. Tina Fey will be in the room. Oh Jesus. No pressure. Why would they say that? Oh, why would they like, why would, why would she say that? Right. So well, I guess it, I would rather have a heads up than actually like, right. You walk in, you're like, Oh my God. Walking I'm like, Tina Fey, just for <laughs> Casey Nicola, everybody's there. Uh, so, so I got there, dude. Dance call was it. They called me in for the ensemble dance call which I think I was the only Kevin G that I saw at my time slot for the ensemble dance call. So I went in with one other guy. They taught it to me and him, the dance captain of the Broadway show taught it to us. And man, dude, floor work, you know, body rolls, all this stuff that I was not prepared to see. Um, So I got a studio. It was at Pearl Studios, I think. I got a studio right next to the, the dance call studio. And I just like practiced it and practiced mm-hmm. it and like asked one of the guys that were, or the, the guy that was in there with me, I said, Hey, could I just record you? Cause I think you got it down. Let me just kind of just, is that okay if I record you? <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, do you know where he is? Please. So he did it for me. And I did that for about an hour. Luckily they had called me back about five hours later at like three or 4 PM. Cause I had a morning call um, for the principal callback for the principal dance call. Right. So I went home, ran home. Luckily I wasn't that far from the city. I ran home practiced it practiced it practiced it some more watching the video got all of it down was cramping already because i was just i did not stop i hadn't eaten i hadn't you know since the call i hadn't done anything but just dance got back and they're teaching the second half of the dance call which is all on your feet like none of the none of the the floor work so i was like okay great i'm just cramping for no reason i could this that that was i don't want to say the easy part but that was uh comparatively relatively the easier part yeah to to learn did it. Tina Fey was in the room. I, I made eye contact with her, which, you know, I was, I melted as soon as that happened because she is, she's insanely amazing. Uh, and, um, and yeah, dude, next day I went in for the final call, did that for the entire production team. Like every, like it was, yeah. I think it was two or three rows of seats watching you. just you. And then the, the, the musical director was playing piano for you. I'm, I was like, shoof, shoof. But I did the That's same crazy. two things, the same yeah. scene, same song. And, and I went out of the room, Bethany grabbed me and she's like, Hey, uh, we need to see you again. And then Casey gave me an acting note, wanted to see my scene again. I went out again. She grabbed me again, said, Hey, Jeff wants to talk to you. <laughs> so Jeff Richmond, who uh, is a composer, um, he said, do you sing? Cause I hadn't sang yet. I had not sang once. Oh, you yet. only did like the rap. I only rapped and I, yeah, because oh, Kevin G only, he sings in the ensemble. He doesn't sing like right. any solos. He just has the rapping solos. So I said, yeah, of course I sing. Of course. Um, <laughs> I had, luckily I had my book, you know, always have your book guys. Always yeah. Have yeah. Your book. <laughs> you know, I had my book, gave it to her, uh, our, uh, RBP, Rebecca. She's our musical director at the time. And, uh, 
you know, busted that out, felt good about it. Went out of the room again. Then Bethany follows me again. She goes, hey, one more hand on the shoulder. Hey, are you still in school? Because, you know, I'm, 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 I kind of have a, have a bit of a baby phase and it's tour, you know, so I said, are you still in school? I'm like, no, man, not at all. I'm ready for whatever schedule you want to give me. Yeah. Wherever, whenever. She said, okay, all right, thank you. And don't call me ma'am. I said, yes, okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, so I go home and I'm, I'm beaming. I'm like, wow, they really, she, she touched my shoulder four times, man. She touched my full shoulder four times. Yeah. So, and then I'm just, it's just a waiting game. A week later, get a call. Um, I, and uh, it was the, the best call of my career because everybody was in the agency was around the phone on speaker and they all at the same time in unison said, congratulations, you got it. And yeah. I'm like, what did I get? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? They're like, Which one? Like, am I, what, what, what am I going to be? Yeah. Um, because to me, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be Kevin G. Like, there's just no way that this is going to, this, this could truly be happening to me. Mm. You know, this is just no way. I got my agent six, seven months ago. Like, I just got out of acting school a year ago. Like, how is this happening? How am I, like, I'm so, I was so, I felt so blessed and lucky. Um, and I just felt so grateful to them for taking a chance on, for, you know, for taking yeah. a chance on a kid that, that really maybe didn't deserve it yet. Maybe didn't, he hadn't paid his dues fully in New York yet, but dude, you know, and it goes back to what I first said in this, in this conversation was it's nothing is planned, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. You just can't plan it. Yeah. Just got very, very lucky. And, and I made some amazing uh, friends, some amazing memories and uh, learned a lot about performing yeah. so much, so much. Um, I saw that in, in, you know, in the, in the questions that I sent you um, before you sort of talked about like um, taking care of your body and, and, and mm-hmm. sort of like self-care. And that's a big thing that I feel like if I have any regular listeners for the show, I honestly don't know. I try not to focus <laughs> on the numbers too much. Um, but, you know, I've said it a ton, but it's like during quarantine, people were realizing how bad at self-care they were. Because, you know, when you're not booked on a show or on something regularly, you're working, you're catering or bartending, or in my case, like a gym job. And then you're trying to go audition. You're trying to go, you know, work out and and whatnot. And it's not even like, mind you, it's funny because we think like, oh, working out, I'm taking care of myself. And it's like, are you though? You're not really doing it to be healthy. You're doing it so you can look good, so that you look good on camera and all that. Um, So... Has that been something that has been a challenge for you at, at some point? Um, things like self-care or anything like that? I think I've, it's something that it's like you said, you know, you want to look on camera. That's why you do it. And that's something that when I was younger, I definitely like wanted to work towards. I, I'll never forget. My dad said this to me. Um, and he said that when you're an actor, you're also at the same time. And it sucks to say this, but you're, you're also a product, right? You're, mm. you're like trying to, you know, you're, you are, this, you are your own brand, you're on your own product, you want to be able to present yourself in a way that people will want to invest in you or, 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 you know, do something with you, work with you, things like that. So you always want to put your best foot forward, which is, I'm glad my dad said that to me because, you know, is your dad an actor? No, he's not. He's a, he's a businessman. Okay. But that's very surprising to hear from someone not in the industry because yeah, I mean, I know a ton of people in the industry that don't think that way. So yeah. it's really surprising to hear that because I've always approached the business that way, yeah. that you are the product, your headshot is your, uh, your logo, your, mm-hmm. um, you know, your, your resume real, is your, your commercial. 
and all that stuff like it's all these different things uh approaching it like and you are like the ceo of your acting startup exactly when you you get an agent or a manager you're just hiring one more person to your team it's not like you're handing over the keys and saying thank you take care of this right right um you know my dad he's always very analytical about everything he's he's very he's one of the most intelligent people if not the most intelligent person that that i have in my life um so I, i was blessed to hear that because it's it's something that's always stuck with me, but that also transitioned into, you know, you start to find yourself as you get older. Right. So I use that as my, my main like thought process. And then, and then you start to realize like self-care is more than just looking good. You know, you want to, you want to make sure, make sure you feel good. You know, mm-hmm. I think, I think everybody at some point or the other goes through some mental blocks and some, some issues that they have internally that they have to work, work through. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a, it's like innately human to, to have that, you know, to, to, grow up and, and feel some type of like sadness or, or, or uh, feeling like you're, you know, not, not quite where you want to be. So, so it feels, it feels like I've gotten a lot better at self-care. You know, I, I take care of myself more. I, I think about what I'm eating and how that's going to not only affect my body, but also affect my mental well-being. And, mm. you know, um, my girlfriend is, is very, uh, very crucial in my life for, for teaching me skincare. <laughs> she, she, she's, <laughs> she's been so, so good at that. And, yeah. you know, she, and she always helps me out with, with skincare, with, you know, taking care of my body, taking care of everything. Um, my mental well-being, she's, she's always just there for me. So it feels really good to have her. And uh, I actually met her on Mean Girls. I met her at, uh, oh, really? yeah, she's, she's um, in the ensemble at Sophie Kawachi. Uh, and we actually, Kevin G and Sophie in the show kind of have like this underlying, like sexual That's tension funny. going on. So, that's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So that's kind of how I made my move. I was like, well, we're just acting, you know? How, yeah. how you doing, Sophie? How you doing? How, 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 a method how actor. Doing? Yeah, I was a method like, actor. I've got to like you for real. <laughs> yeah, I have to. <laughs> so so uh, self-care has become a very, uh, very big part of what I do throughout my day. Mm. It's, I think, I think it's at the top of my list of things I want to check off. It's like, am I, am I good? You know, and I think everybody yeah. should take care of themselves. I think it's, you really need to put yourself first before you can put anybody else um, uh, around you or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Cause you can't, lo- I don't, I, it's cliche, but I don't think you can truly love others unless you truly love yourself. Mm. And, and it's, it's a very cliche thing, but I think it's very real. Yeah. I don't think it's cliche at all. I think it's one of the truest things and it's not even just for actors. It's for anyone. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, like to think I live by this, but it's always like, um, because my, my boyfriend lives with me now. We, we moved in with me recently. Um, and, you know, thinking like, okay, now that, you know, when you live with someone, when you live with your significant other, especially it's, um, you no longer have that, like, I can go home and relax and have some me time. It's like, no, you live with someone now. So you right. have to adjust a little bit. And the big thing with me, with, um, with quarantine, with all that, a lot of people's mental health was affected. Um, because they're depressed, they're, you know, that and, and, all, and things like that, their anxiety went up because they don't know where the next paycheck is coming from for actors, even more. So it's like, when am I going to get to work again, uh, in totally. the field that I want to, um, and a big thing that I, I like to sort of live by is like, I can't be of use to anyone else if I'm not mm-hmm. like, if I'm not okay, you know? Right. Right, right. And that's something that's super, that I hope a lot of people, um, you know, realize and, and, and sort of practice that, that, you know, I can't help others if I can't even help myself. Like what use can I be to someone? Exactly. If, if exactly. I'm not all there. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I can't pick up your cup if I have two cups in my hand, you know? Ooh. I, have two full, you know? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, it's just, it's, it's really that simple, but it, it can get really complicated because it's not easy. It's really yeah. not easy. So I always like to wrap up the show with a rapid fire round uh, of questions. Okay. So it's oh, man. this or that, no pressure, but we're going to put 90 seconds on the Uh-oh. clock. All right. And we're going to start with coffee or tea? Tea. Plays or musicals? Musicals. Theater or screen acting? Screen acting. Drama or comedy? Drama. Hero or villain? Hero. TV or film? Film. Most recent binge watch? You. Good show. Uh, If you weren't an actor, what would you be doing for a living? A businessman. Uh, What is your go-to audition song? Proud of your boy, Aladdin. Good song. Uh, Worst side job that you've had? I feel like you maybe haven't had many. (laughs) Uh, um, Wag dog walking. Mm. Uh, Not not bad, but... eh. Sorry. Right. Not fun. Uh, if you got to be in the revival of any show, which would it be? In the Heights. Your favorite accent to do, and can we hear it? Indian. Yeah, man, I love it. I totally love it. I love that accent. Go ahead. <laughs> what is your favorite musical of all time? <sighs> uh, it's not rapid fire. Okay, In the Heights. In the Heights. Let's just say it. Uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Bobby Strong, you're in town. Uh, uh, second to Mean Girls, Kevin G, because that was huge. <laughs> uh, what is the most helpful book that you've read? Helpful book? Oh, man. I don't read that much, dude. I watch movies. <laughs> uh, what's the role that got away? The role that got away? Um, oh, uh, The Parade, uh, Leo Frank. If you had the chance to direct any actor in a stage project, who would you choose? Jay Gyllenhaal. Ooh, good choice. And okay, so uh, we're out of time. So I always end with this question. <laughs> right. In 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? If this is really what you want, don't give up. And that is it for this week's episode of Actors with Issues with special guest Kabir Berry, who you can follow on Instagram at Kabir Berry and follow us at Actors with Issues. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. This is Juan Ayala signing off.